Sisters and brothers in Christ, grace and peace to you this day from God our Father and our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. So our gospel text for this Sunday, we are again in the gospel of John. As we go through the season of Easter, we seem to jump around a little bit in the gospels, but this text is the very traditional scripture that we are given for the fourth Sunday in Easter. It's commonly referred to as the Good Shepherd text. So in the week since Easter, there has been one very common theme that has come through our Gospels. As Jesus appeared after his resurrection to the women and to his disciples on several occasions. On that first Easter morning, just three days after his crucifixion, we hear that he appears to the disciples in a locked room and he tells them, peace be with you. Then we're told that a week later, from that resurrection day, Jesus appears to the disciples again, but this time Thomas, who we know as Doubting Thomas, is with them. And again he says, peace be with you. Then last week in our text from Luke, Christ appears again to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and eventually he shares a meal with them, but starts by telling them, peace be with you. Each time Christ appears to those that have known him, those that have spent years hearing him teach and watching him heal and cast out demons and perform many miracles. And what do we hear afterwards? That they are in awe. They are in fear. Many times they are completely unsettled. It is as though they do not hear him. In our gospel scripture from John today, we back up again in Jesus' story timeline from a time well before the Holy Week account, a time when Jesus was teaching and he heals a blind man that had been blind since birth. And then we get this scripture that ascribes to Jesus the identity of being a good shepherd. Now many a sermon has been given on the attributes of a good or a bad shepherd, and of course Jesus is always a good shepherd. I'm not here to dispute that. But there is a key part of this text that stands out to me. It is this line. I am the good shepherd. I know my own. My own know me. They know my voice. Describing Jesus as a shepherd in biblical times would have been a very well understood vocation. Shepherds were known as being absolutely devoted to their flock. They would literally lay down their life to provide for or defend their flock. And the relationship between the fold of sheep and the shepherd was linked in that they knew the shepherd's voice. And it was in that voice that they trusted. Now I'm a born and raised city kid. And the analogy of a shepherd is a little foreign to me. I conjure up images of shepherds as being the kind of outcast individuals in culture not always at the center of cultural norms, not always well kept. But to the fold of sheep, these people are everything. They are the way, they are the truth, and they are the life. And I have come to better understand this shepherd-to-flock relationship as I have spent time with a family that lives in the far northwest corner of South Dakota, and they raise a large flock of sheep. My observation of the sheep is that they tend to stick together. They rarely spread out or break off. They are constantly on the move. And you really don't ever see sheep just laying around. 
They're kind of noisy. And they really pay no attention to us at all as we move around them. But when the rancher, whose name is Roger, comes out to the pasture and calls for them, the whole flock, several hundred in all, come running almost immediately. And they stand side by side in rows, almost like a military formation. And they will follow him willingly wherever he goes on the ranch, all by listening to his voice. And they trust his voice. He brings order and peace to their world. He leads them to new green grass pastures. He leads them to cool, life-giving water when the time is right. He protects them from weather. He protects them from predators. Now, when I've been there, I've, I've attempted to help Roger when we are there, and I have learned the sheep will not listen to me. If I call for them, they will barely even acknowledge that I am there, or if I try to help move them, they'll stand in obstinance, unwilling to budge. Jesus has shown himself to be the good shepherd. He was sent by the Father through the incarnation to live life in his fold here on earth. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. He repeatedly sends the Holy Spirit to deliver his word to you that says, peace be with you. But it seems that we too do not always hear it. Or we plainly disregard this voice that time and time again tells us these comforting words. Instead, we listen to other voices that guide us in this life. I was wondering about who you are listening to right now in these days of physical distancing. While the medical community has tried to keep us safe and giving us much directive with a very conservative approach to stay home and stay safe, it would seem that many of our country's leaders have another agenda. So who do you believe? If you're like me, you have found yourself being frustrated and confused by the mixed messages that are being given. We also love to listen to the voice of the world and its demand on us. The voice of the tempter that comes and tells you that you are not good enough for God's grace. That you are not good enough to receive his mercy, let alone have peace in your life. And so we see ourselves through the eyes of the devil, believing his lies. And it is our sinfulness, our distrust, that separates us from knowing God's peace and drives us to the need for another voice. Sometimes we listen to the voice of our own self-righteousness that boasts that we can live in this world apart from God and apart from one another. And I think especially in this time that has been one part of our physical distancing that has shown an apparent flaw. We in the United States especially are plagued by the voice of potential, perfection, success. I mean, our Constitution even says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as a basic constitutional provision. Be all that you can be. Live life to the fullest. God bless America, but of course, don't listen to him. We also hear the voice of fallen humanity that started in the Garden of Eden 
Did God say is what the serpent said. And ever since, sin and doubt has existed in our human condition and has passed from generation to generation. Doubt is not faith. Faith is not doubt. They are diametrically opposed. And this voice starts to name you. It gives you an identity. No longer do you see yourself as good as God described you, but now you must be great, excellent, the best. All of this is the voice of the devil speaking to you. You can be like God. Idolize yourself above everyone else, but I have news for you, you're never going to be good enough. Your insatiable appetite to be and do ultimately kills your creatureness that God created you to be, and it ultimately kills your relationship with God. Then the devil will pull out the big guns and he will use your own voice against you. This is exactly where he likes to be heard. He will come in a voice that sounds like God, but he will start to fill your head with big questions like why. And he will try to convince you that your relationship with God is based on ifs and thens. And you will hear this voice and you will do this. The voice says, if you choose this, then God will show you favor. Sound familiar? This seems to be the voice of the modern day church and preachers screaming this message and like sheep, we follow, we listen to it. But I'm here to tell you this is not the voice of the good shepherd. This is not the voice of Christ that tells you ifs and thens because when we hear the voice of Jesus Christ, the shepherd tells you peace be with you. And how does he tell you this? The voice of Christ comes to you through the work of the Holy Spirit to tell, it, to tell you it is and you are and most importantly for you. It is the voice of Jesus Christ that comes again in your baptismal promises and says you are a child of God. Marked and claimed with the cross of Christ forever in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, it is a promise given for you. It is the voice of Christ in his word along with bread and wine that speaks to you that he has taken your sins and that you are forgiven. And then God sends the Holy Spirit into the world and he calls and gathers the sheep of his fold, you, the people of God, to come and hear. And he calls a loudmouth preacher like myself with his voice, a voice that we know, and he tells you again that he has died for your sins and that you are forgiven. And it is in hearing, it is in hearing this voice where faith is made. And like Thomas, after hearing Christ speak peace to him, we too can confess, my Lord and my God. Listen, but more importantly, hear these words of Jesus Christ, telling you, peace be with you. Do not be afraid. 
I have done this for you. And as the good shepherd, he leads you to himself. To be created anew each day that you may be free of the voice of the devil, that you may be free of the voice of death, and most especially, you may be free of that voice of your sinful self that separates you from God. There is great peace in the psalmist's voice when he speaks the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd that I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul. Jesus Christ is your good shepherd. Listen now and hear. Peace be with you. Thanks be to God. Amen.